Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Monday, December 4th. And here we are with the first full week of December. I hope you had a great weekend and a great day in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. We did here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. And I thank God for his blessings. Yesterday was the wedding anniversary of Brother Jim and Sister Amanda Ward. I trust they had a great wedding anniversary yesterday. Hope you'll pray for them as well. And it was also the birthday of Sister Joy Messick. Mrs. or Miss Messick lives up in Canada. Her parents are missionaries there, Junior and Nancy Messick. We support and their anniversary actually coming up on Wednesday of this week. And so I hope Miss Joy had a happy birthday yesterday as well. Amen. But we had a good time in the Lord's house, morning and evening, and I praise the Lord for that. Well, my wife and I have slipped out of town. We actually leaving early this morning and going to be in Branson, Missouri. We got an invitation to a pastor's conference, actually a pastor's couples conference, and I'm not going to be preaching in that conference, but just invited to be a part of that. And that is Monday through Wednesday. And so we're going to be there. We've never been to a couples conference like that. And so we're looking forward to it. And I trust that it will be a blessing. Hope you'll pray for us. Pray for our travels there and back. God would bless. Now, on Wednesday night of this week, we're going to have Brother Jimmy Moyes, evangelist from Tennessee. And he's going to be preaching for us on Wednesday night. I've got his family singing for us on the broadcast today. And I'll be doing that again tomorrow and Wednesday as well, Lord willing. But the Moyes family are going to be singing a good song for us, uh, singing one entitled God's Word Will Stand. And I'm glad that it will. Then I'm going to have one by the Shepherd family and then the message. We're preaching a message this week entitled, Yea, He is Altogether Lovely, preaching on the life of our Lord Jesus and about our wonderful Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, before I go to the song and the message, let me just mention a few things by way of prayer request. Do keep us in prayer, as I said. Pray for those in our church that are sick. I've been hearing from other pastors in the area that there's been sickness that's hanging on. Some folks have been out for weeks and just seems like they can't kick it. So pray concerning these issues that the Lord would help and have his way. And pray for the radio station and the work of God here through the month of December that God would bless it and use it as well. And bring us safely into the new year, broadcasting for Jesus. Amen. And so keep us in prayer concerning those things. A lot of folks we know that are sick and under the weather, and so we want to keep them in our prayers as well. One thing I'm thankful for, that is that prayer still works. You know, there's a lot of things that folks used to believe worked that doesn't seem to work anymore, but I'm glad prayer still works. All right. On today's broadcast, we are beginning not only a new week of broadcasting, but a new month. Because of the way the month of December falls this year, most of the month will be in our broadcasting weeks. Today being December the 4th means that we've got a full week of broadcasting. We've actually got four full weeks of broadcasting here in the month of December not counting what Friday was being the first. So this full month, I'm going to focus on sermons on our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that December is when we are supposed to be celebrating the birth of our Lord. And a lot of people get sidetracked on that. They they celebrate a fat man in a red suit, or they celebrate 
a mouse with big ears or they've got a lot of things that they get excited about in the month of December that I don't believe are scriptural or biblical. Now, I know that the Bible doesn't command us to celebrate the birth of Christ at all, matter of fact, or particularly in the month of December. But what would be wrong with rejoicing that God gave his son? Matter of fact, the angels rejoiced and they told the shepherds to rejoice. Matter of fact, those angels said it ought to be joy to the whole world. Amen. And and it ought to be to us as well. And so I'm going to take this month and I'm going to pull out some sermons that I've preached in the past. Most of these, maybe all of these, will have been aired on the broadcast at one time or another over the past nine years. But we're going to be playing these sermons based on our Lord Jesus. Today's sermon and this whole week is going to be from Song of Solomon, chapter number five. I'm going to be reading verses nine through 16, and I'm going to be preaching on this thought. Yea, he is altogether lovely. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Song of Solomon chapter 5. You know the story. Brother Hall's preached it here very well through the years. I want to pick up in verse number 9. I'll give you the background of the story as we go along. But let's look at verse number 9. They're asking this question. What is thy beloved more than another beloved? If I could say it this way. What's so good about Jesus? That's what they're asking. What's so special about this man? O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? Here's her answer. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with a barrel. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Amen. I want to try to preach from verse number 16 on that phrase. Yea, he is altogether lovely. Amen. I want to take this text this morning and just give, if I can, a quick exposition of the context. As we look at this, I want to say, first of all, that you know that this chapter deals with the bridegroom, that's Solomon, but he's comparing him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the bride is the church and those that are saved by the grace of God. So we see this semblance here in the story. Song of Solomon is a song, it's poetry, it's symbolism, so accurately said, but it has a lot of poetic language, a lot of words that are used and phrases that are picturesque. It's to draw picture so that we can see what that he's talking about. Matter of fact, this, this is not just a song, this is the song 
of songs. It's the best song of all when you're singing about Jesus. Amen. It's the best song of all. But as we look at here, the, the bridegroom in chapter 5, the bridegroom is attempting to meet with the bride. He comes to her and offers to come in. He's rejected for a time. She's in the bed. She's complacent. She is comfortable. And so she leaves the door shut rather than admit him into her place there. And so she leaves that door closed. And yet her heart is smitten with love. And she, as he puts his hand in the door and he leaves the mirror there and she runs to it. But you know the story that when she gets to the door, she finds him gone. He's gone for a season. By the way, God doesn't play games with people, but He is in the process of drawing men unto Him. He's not in the sense that He will draw you and then throw you away. I remember a young man that there at Vision years ago that would come to the altar and pray at different times. He didn't come a lot. He didn't. It wasn't that he came every service. But once in a while he'd get burdened about his soul. He'd come to the altar and he'd pray. And one time, it was very obvious. God had been dealing with him for some time. And he's a teenager by this time. And he came and, and he asked, when I went to speak with him, I saw that he was troubled. And I said, Tim, tell me what your problem is. He says, I need to be saved, preacher. I'm lost. I know I'm lost. But he said, I just don't know if God will save me. I said, is God dealing with you? You believe God's brought you to this place? And he said, yes, sir, I know God's dealing with me. I said, then God will save you. Because God's not playing games with sinners. Amen. He draws them for the very purpose that he might save them. Amen. And whosoever will come unto him, he will in no wise cast them out. That's what the Bible says. And so I'm glad that that's true. He draws them. And that's what he's doing with her. He's drawing her heart. And so uh, she goes racing through the streets of Jerusalem. And she's looking for her beloved. And as you know, she is accosted this time by the watchman. And she is questioned by the other young ladies in Jerusalem. They're called the virgins of Jerusalem. And she is questioned by them exactly why is she chasing after this man? What's so special about him? And so she goes to describing her beloved in verse number 9 down through verse number 16. And she describes his characteristic. And as I said, it's poetic language and picturesque language. She starts out by describing his complexion in verse number 9. And she says this, she says he is chiefest among 10,000 in verse number 10. The chiefest among 10,000. In other words, she said he's the best. I'd rather have him than to have the other 9,999 that they are out there. She said, he's the best. Ain't nobody like him. Amen. And so as she goes to describing him, she speaks about his head being fine gold, his locks, his hair as bushy and black as a raven, his eyes as the eyes of doves washed with milk, she says, and fitly said his cheeks are as beds of spices and sweet flowers. His lips are like lilies dropping with sweet smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with a barrel. His belly is as ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of gold. His countenance is as excellent as the cedars. And then when she completes this whole list, she realizes it's not complete. She says his mouth is most sweet 
But she says this with, after all this elegant language, after all this, these great swelling words and beautiful words, she realizes that she's not ever even touched the hem of the garment of how beautiful that our Lord is and His grandeur that's there. And so she just says this. She says, yay. He is altogether lovely. Amen. Other words, from top to bottom, from front to back, whatever side you see him from, whatever circumstance you find him in, he's perfect in everything. Amen. And I'm glad that he is altogether lovely. Jesus deserves that praise. He deserves that statement. Everything in the life of Jesus, everything you find in this book about our Lord Jesus is perfect. And matter of fact, everything in my own experience, and yours as well, if you've come to know Him, is perfect. Amen. Amen. He never makes a wrong turn. (laughs) No, He never makes a mistake. He does everything perfectly, and I'm so glad that He is. Amen. Every other person that you might think has greatness, they're marred in some area. Maybe they're great in one area, but they're marred in another area. Some problem that's there. Every person that's got wisdom has got a flaw in their wisdom somewhere. There's folly there somewhere. Amen. In other words, they're not perfect. They're imperfect. But our Lord Jesus is perfect. He is altogether lovely. When Pilate tried our Lord three different times, Pilate had to say, I find no fault in him. He is doing his best to find fault. Matter of fact, there's fellows there, people there, Falsely pronouncing the faults of our Lord Jesus Christ. Falsely accusing Him, the Bible says. But when Pilate had examined Him and examined Him and examined Him, even sending Him to Herod for a time and then back to Him as He's been examined again, Pilate finally said, I find in Him no fault at all. Amen. There's nothing wrong with Jesus. One more thing I'll say just by way of introduction. The the idea of a fault. The Bible doesn't say for us to confess our sins one to another, but it says for us to confess our faults one to another. Now, the Catholics, they say, well, you're supposed to confess your sins to the priest. That's not what the Bible says. We confess our sins to God. Amen. He doesn't say, you don't need to confess your sins to me. I may know it already or I may not know it, but there's really not much I can do about your sins other than I can pray for you. But he says, confess our faults. Faults, they talk about a fault line in the earth. Every rock on this planet has got cracks in it. There's faults. There's little hairline cracks somewhere. There is in your life and mine as well. And we need to pray one for another on those little areas that we find cracks in. Amen. But our Lord Jesus is a rock that has no cracks. No faults. Amen. Nothing wrong with our Lord. Not only no sin in Him, not even a little tiny crack in our Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, I want to think about this. And and quickly, I'll try to preach as quickly as I can. And just throw out some things about our Lord that He is altogether lovely. I've got five things that I want to point out to you. And there could be many more preached, but I, I just want to show you these. First of all, in His humanity, in the human of our Lord Jesus Christ, He was and is altogether lovely. Amen. I don't simply mean to say by that statement that He was a perfect human, although He was a perfect human. But I want to say He was perfectly human. He was God and yet He became man. He became man that He might feel and know the very things you and I know. He grew in stature just like we do. 
He grew in grace and in, in favor with God and man, the Bible talks about. Amen. Uh, he knew what it was to hunger. He knew what it was to hurt. He knew what it was to work. He labored. He wept. He prayed. He loved. All those things that humans do. Jesus did it all. He was tempted in every point like as we are, yet without sin. Hallelujah. Amen. If you leave out sin, Jesus was just like me and you. He was God, and yet somehow He was man. And He was perfectly man. Matter of fact, Thomas confessed that He is Lord and God, and we confess that as well. But there's so much that we can see that besides being God, and we, by the way, we adore Him and we reverence Him and we ought to do that. And yet, part of the reason why He deserves our reverence was because He took upon flesh and He took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in likeness to sinful flesh, but He had no sin in Him. He was a perfect human, but He was perfectly human as well. Genuinely human. Here's, here's some thoughts. I'll just throw some of these things out. You remember when, in John 11, when Jesus came, he'd heard that Lazarus was sick, but he waited and he came and they, the song came up four days late. He came, he waited and Lazarus had already been dead and laid in the grave four days. Martha came up to the Lord. Here's what she said unto him. She said, Lord, if thou hadst been here, our brother had not died. Now only God could have kept their brother from dying. So she knew this man was more than just a man. He was God. She knew that. But you don't walk up to God and say, God, you're late. She knew he is more than God. He was a man. He felt what she felt. She knew he loved her brother. Amen. She knew he loved her. He loved her sister. The Bible talks about that, that they'd spent time in that. Here, this is what's so blessed to me. Our Lord had spent time in their house. Our Lord had spent time with them in worship and, and Mary had sat at his feet and had listened to him expound the word of God. I imagine that they'd seen great glows on his face as he talked about his father and as he talked about the scriptures. I imagine they saw great joy in his eye and on his face when he talked about heaven and he talked about the father's house. And on and on it could go. They saw all that. But here's the day. They saw him human. They saw him weeping at a grave. Somebody that he loved. Human. Mary could come to him and reproach him. If I could say it that way. Martha reproached him. Said, Lord, if thou hadst been here. Our brother had not died. He is human. He is altogether lovely in his humanity. John, the beloved, you, we know him as John, the beloved, John, the brother of James. He was part of that inner circle, Peter, James, and John. They had seen our Lord raise the dead. They saw it there in John 11. They had seen our Lord walk on water. They'd seen our Lord that went up on the mountain and saw him transfigured. And they saw him talking with Elijah and Moses. They, they knew that this man was God. And yet, John knew he was human enough that he could lay his head on his breast and say, is it I? Who who will betray thee? He saw him as human. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.